Cheriocast's Podcast Emporium, Tonics for the Ears. Welcome to Alphabet Flight, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe and have a guest on, and we talk about all the characters we all know and love and forgotten as well. With me today is a very special guest, Hub, from Titan Up to Defense and formerly Teen Titan Wasteland. Yeah, uh, we renamed the program, but it's still pretty much the same show. Thank you, and thank you for calling me special. It's, uh, it's a delight to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. Well, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, you're uh, like you're like one of the first listen podcast I have. So, so yeah. So, and your last episode. Well, I mean, this is a month and a week ago, I guess. I record a month and a a month ahead, uh, listeners. I still don't have a uh, a name for this podcast, listeners, and it, it, I'm trying to think of one. Because, like, my outro is May Conchu protect you through all of your night travels. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's my outro. Uh, but I don't have a name. But I want to say Avatars, Avatars of Conchu, but then... Ooh. Eh, that's clunky. It's a little bit clunky, but I... I don't know. It's got a little something to it. Yeah. yeah you can't uh, go wrong like... bringing up Conchu. Love that guy. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a pretty cool guy. I... I, I I know I know you're not the I know you don't do a lot of modern comics uh you're more of a Bronze Age guy Bronze Age guy but um the Warren Ellis uh, Moon Knight uh is real good I'll I'll look forward to it I yeah the last Moon Knight that I read was the I read some of the I think it was the Hudson run and some of the Bendis run and I liked them both but. For me, it's I still got to go back to the Doug Munch stuff because that that's my moon night. Uh, the Warren Ellis run, it's only six issues long and it goes on. It's still a pretty good book afterwards. Uh, they do it does a really good job at uh just letting the art speak, which is something you don't see a lot. It has some of the best page layouts I've seen. It's a gorgeous book. Oh, cool! I I will check that out. I uh, yeah. I, I actually I. Whoops, sorry, if I can just, like, brag about something totally nerdy for a second. Uh, you can. This is literally just me, my excuse to talk about Marvel stuff to people. Well, we are talking on the internet about comic books. I can get nerdy for a second. I don't know. I can't. I, I think we have to stuff nerds like you in lockers and stuff. Fair enough. Ugh, I just don't have that much lunch money today. Uh, but I did just get a copy of Werewolf by Night number 32. Is one of my Holy Grail comics, and it's one that I've been looking for an affordable copy of for a long time, and I finally found one. So that's up on my wall right now. And I'm Moon Knight was the first character that was like super special to me when I was a kid and started getting into comics, so. Yeah, I think people, I think he's a little bit misunderstood. I, I really don't like it when people call him Batman, but for Marvel, or whatever, because there's- There was one description that I really liked of him where it's just like, no, he dresses in all white because he wants you to see him coming. Exactly! Like, 
Like, he, he's just like, my god is Khonshu, you will see me, and I will destroy you. <laughs> and there's great. nothing you can do about it. <laughs> there's nothing. And sure, sometimes I run around as a cabbie. Who cares? And, or, yeah. Or as, like, a billion other dudes, and I also don't know which one is which, and they're all real people to me. Yeah. I mean, I love that stuff. It, it's, it's real good. Um, But I would definitely recommend... uh recommend the warren ellis run uh, there's one issue of that with almost no dialogue and it's just the raid but with moon knight it is so good i will have like, to check that out i kind of want to have them do a uh like a netflix moon knight i think they might be i think i heard I, something about that i think it's in the i think it's they're talking about it but i just want them to just do the warren ellis run ah. it's just page by page like just don't do anything to it. Just recreate the book. Because <laughs> I just kind of want the rainbow with Moon Knight in, in like that really awesome fight choreography they have. Yeah, I, I, I can see that being pretty cool. I think some of my favorite stuff with Moon Knight, though, is, and I can't wait to get to this in the tighten up the defense stuff, but when we get to the part where he almost joins the defenders, like where he hangs out with them for a few issues, I think yeah. it was David Kraft's first run on the defenders. There's this weird scene where he's fighting like Scorpio or somebody and he's been tossed in some kind of trap and he asks if he can have a can of beer and the guy tosses him a can of beer and then he chugs the beer and then turns it into some kind of rebreathing device and uses it to escape a vat of chemicals or something. And it's just so weird and cool. And I love the idea of just like these superheroes hanging out together and just well, yeah, I know I'm a super villain, but yeah, if this guy wants a beer, I'll toss him a can of beer. <laughs> well, he's just a good bro, you know? <laughs> but uh, speaking of good bros, I guess, I'm not sure. That was a bad segue. I don't uh, know. Let's see. Uh, Constrictor. Constrictor. I am vaguely familiar with this dude. I think mostly I, I read a couple of the initiative stories that he was in where they tried to make him a hero again. Yeah. But, uh, so if I'm to create a character called the Constrictor, and that's all I'm given, I would say that he's some kind of a disciplinarian. I'm going to go with the stricter part of his name, and I'm going to make it into oh. a portmanteau, where he is a former prisoner, so he, he's, he's a convict, who is now, has escaped, is trying to make good, and is a strict disciplinarian with his useful wards. So he is a con who is stricter than their parents are. Oh, wait, wait, I forgot to say, I was, I had a, a spill in the beginning I was gonna do. This is con week! Oh! Yeah, everything has to do something with con. Interesting. Yeah, so constrictor is number one. And technically he is a con, because he's a villain who was caught. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would probably just make a nun villain. I can, uh, I can see her, that. Her her weapon would just be be a slide ruler. And guilt. Guilt from God. There is no more powerful weapon than that. <laughs> well, I mean, all I know is that uh, a nun made my great-grandmother, who was left-handed, so scared to lose her left hand that she never used it again 70 years after. Oh, jeez. Yes. That's horrifying. But also pretty impressive. Like if you're yeah. trying to 
These criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. I shall don the mantle of a nun. Batman would be way more effective if he <laughs> if he was a nun. Yeah, I the only concern I have with a nun based uh character is and are we saying it would be a, she she'd be a villain or a hero? A villain. No, straight up villain. I think there would be entirely too many habit puns used by whoever was fighting her. And uh, and I think that would that would be a real sticking point. Well, I mean, then you just get a slide roller across the uh, knuckles and then you'd stop. But okay, so talking about nuns, uh constrictor. <laughs> yes, constrictor. Well-known nun. His name is Frank Schlichting. Schlichting. Okay. I can see where a life of crime would follow from that. Yeah, oh man, I'm I'm not even in middle school. I could probably think of things that would just demoralize him. <laughs> well, I mean, he's from Wisconsin. Okay. Badger State. There's probably yeah. more to Wisconsin than that. Nobody uh, knows for sure, though. Work, he used to work with Sabretooth. Uh, oh, that's right. He was in, like, the really, like, Sabretooth's first appearance. They were like a duo. Yeah, yeah, before he became Wolverine villain. Uh, he, he also worked with the corporation, which I'm not sure what the corporation is, but I think they run America now. Right? Uh, certainly. Uh, I, I also, I think the corporation was a 90s pro wrestling stable that was, uh, Ken Shamrock and The Rock and the Big Boss Man. Okay, so he was in WWF. Yeah, uh, F at the time. Yeah, it was F at the time. Yeah, so I, I think he was, he was mixed up with them. Okay, so that makes sense. For a constrictor, that would make sense too. He probably has, like, some chokeholds and stuff. Oh, probably some real sweet chokeholds. Yeah. Uh, Someone named Stuart Mark Montague. Yeah, okay, I don't trust that guy. I don't know. Mont- the the name Montague just raises some bla- uh, black flags. Yes. And red flags. Oh, the, yeah, both both the anarchists and the communists. Yes. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have a lot of history. I mean, at least in 1987 when this was out. So. Yeah, I like I said, my most of my familiarity with him is from uh, a couple issues of the initiative that I picked up. He he like turned hero and became a like instructor. Oh, I yeah, wonder I if it was because that sounded like his name. He's like, if I change it to instructor, that's actually pretty close to constrictor. So don't don't have to change too much about myself. Oh, or he could have changed to constructor. Oh, he could have just built stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he was a lot like a boomerang where he was just like, I'm, I'm a villain now and I need something to help me fight people. And someone gave him a suit. Oh, that that was nice of them. Yeah. The corporation gave him the suit. He fought the Hulk. I can't imagine that went particularly well for him. No, there's a picture of him fighting Luke Cage, which seems not great, because, like, if you think, because, like, his weapons are whips, okay? Like, electric whips. If a bullet, like, if, like, a machine gun and a missile can't take down Luke Cage, or the Hulk, or most super uh, superheroes and supervillains, why? Why would you even fight them? Okay, here, here's what I will say about the Luke Cage thing. 
I can actually see the Constrictor being fairly effective against him in a way that bullets and stuff wouldn't, because, I mean, if he's constricting, like, yeah, he can't break the skin, but he could still squeeze stuff and could potentially choke the guy out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not strangle-proof. Yeah, no, yeah. no, nobody's strangle-proof. Uh, I don't know. There's some people with some real strong neck muscles. Okay, yeah, and actually probably Colossus uh, and, like, <laughs> I don't know, half of the superheroes are probably effectively strangle-proof. But there's nothing specific that says, there's nothing in the rulebook that says that Luke Cage can't be strangled. (laughs) That's a real weird use of the Airbud clause. (laughs) (laughs) It is my favorite clause. That is my favorite genre of movie, is magical being is inexplicably good at sports and cannot be barred from it because of a uh, a incomplete rulebook. My my favorite one, my favorite one of those was a movie called Like Mike. Oh, I'm familiar. Yes, uh, had Little Romeo in it. Was it Little Romeo? <laughs> I thought it was... Ba- no, wait, no, wait. Little Romeo might have been in it. No, it's either Little Bow Wow or Little Romeo. They're real close. Uh, Bow Wow was in Roll Bounce, which is another favorite of mine. But but like but like the whole thing was just like, I got Michael Jordan's shoes, so I'm like him for some reason. Uh, and, uh, for some reason, there's no rule of the rule books that says a a 12-year-old can't play the NBA. Here's the thing, there's tons of rules that say that. (laughs) I I don't know, I don't know. They let, they they let Little Bow Wow and or Little Romeo play. I, I think if they would have at least had to complete, like, maybe they can be 12, but they would have had to be like a total Doogie Hauser, because they would have had to complete at least one year of college now, I think, is the rule. Well, maybe they were a little bit more lax in the early 2000s. I think they probably were. I know, like, they there were some 17-year-olds in the league. Like, I think Jermaine O'Neal started when he was 17. But either way, I, I gotta believe there's something in the rulebook that says that. And even if there isn't, there's, like, there's letter of the law and spirit of the law. And I think people could get together and just be like, no, we're not gonna let 12-year-olds play. Maybe this makes know. me I the bad guy here. You- I think once you let a dog play, like, 50 sports, <laughs> you're allowed to do whatever you want. That dog is the Jim Thome of sports. Are you going to keep him out of the league? So, okay, we probably should talk about Constructor. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, we got on Little Bow Wow and uh, Air Bud. Uh, but, okay, see, um, that seems like that should have been a crossover. <laughs> That should have been. It should have been like Airbud, where someone got the dog jersey. <laughs> and they just have that nice bonding moment over the, like, oh, this dog can say my name. <laughs> uh, what? Okay, what if uh, the dog, whatever whatever Airbud was at the time. Uh, you, you know, it was the uh, same dog that played Comet on Full House. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, that's a famous dog. Well, like, so someone put the jersey of Michael Jordan on a dog as a Luke. Oh, my goodness. And then, <laughs> okay, so this turned from just Air Bud into him basically turning into an anthropomorphized dog, like Mr. Peanut Butter, but in my mind. <laughs> oh, so you're saying it would make him like Mike also in that he could walk and walk around and talk. <laughs> Yes, not just yes, basketball just... ability like probably also this dog would have a real gambling problem yes and probably actually secretly really awful person but everyone was uh brought in by the 
Michael Jordan uh, propaganda film Space Jam. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm just now picturing th- this Air Bud dog doing like starting his own terrible cologne and <laughs> doing all the other Michael Jordan things, betting millions of dollars on a round of golf. Okay, so to close out this episode, we're actually going to talk about the character. Okay, fair enough. The constrictor. Real briefly. Did someone at any point give him Michael Jordan's shoes? Oh, oh, that'd be great. But this is, we cannot go on this tangent. This could be a whole podcast on itself. Uh, But he's basically a, he has electric whips. He's bulletproof in a suit. He has adamantium alloy whips. He can make a he can shock people with the whips. Yeah, really. He also he was he was in the Serpent Society, but but he was invited to join the Serpent Society, but he didn't. Which makes him the first snaky dude or lady to not be in the Serpent Society if they had a snake theme. Ah, oh, good for him. So far, so far. I actually really like, so far the Constrictor is kind of winning me over. I'm glad he's not a nun. Um, I wish somebody would give him Michael Jordan's shoes. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that he's a bit of an iconoclast. And it's like, yeah, I got a snake name, but I don't need to do all the snake stuff. Also, I think the Sons of the Serpent used to be like, wait, Serpent Society is different than Sons of the Serpent, right? I think that they are related somehow. Okay, the Sons of the Serpent was like the clan. In the 60s. They showed up in Sam Wilson, Captain America, uh, last year. They're basically the redneck rebellion, well, resistance to the new black Captain America. They, they showed up in, uh, I do this thing where I collect first appearances of black superheroes. And so I got the one that, uh, Bill Foster, who turned into Black Goliath, first showed up in. And they were the bad guys in that episode. And it was like, yeah, there's the, they're this racist clan organization, but then it turns out really they were being run by the Chinese. Those racist, racist Chinese. Uh, and that they were taking over the whole country. It, it was, uh, it's a weird episode, weird issue. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we're pretty much done, uh, with this episode. So I guess we should probably go to plugs. So it is still Black History Month. If you wanted to check out the Traveling Through the Bronze Age site, I'm going to... Last year, I posted uh, a different podcast every day of February about the first appearance of a black superhero. I'm going to do a couple more of those this February because I've made some additions to my collection. So you should check that out at Traveling Through the Bronze Age. And every week, a new episode of Tighten Up the Defense is a podcast that I host that alternates issues of new teen titans and the defenders so you could check that out and hear me yammer on about some things that, that that'd be nice yeah it would be i mean i imagine you probably have more listeners than i do but you know i don't know i don't want to compare podcast numbers so no no it's friendly comp not competition oh wow oh that, that went to a place i did not want it to go it's <laughs> well um i was actually gonna take you down <laughs> sorry you fell into my trap i i should have known when you suggested that i record this podcast under this giant box that was being propped up by a stick with a string on it but i fall for that every time well you know you should you shouldn't uh 
you shouldn't keep on fall uh, going underneath boxes with just whiskey and uh, loose Teen Titans uh, comics. Yeah, but then how am I supposed to get them? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, wait, I'm pretty sure that's how you fund your entire show. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) It's just people trapping you and you getting out, luckily. Well, usually it's just a cardboard box, and I don't like to brag, but uh, I can make my way through that pretty easily. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see after this episode. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay, before I pull the string, uh, you can also listen to me on... Well, hey, this is Jesse. I forgot to say that at the beginning of the episode, like I always do. Uh, but you can listen to me on Turn to Page, which is a choose your own adventure book podcast. I read a choose your adventure book with a couple of friends, and we adventure in junk and talk about stuff. Sometimes it's about banging robots. I don't know. You can listen, I guess, if you want to. Uh, you can also listen to Random Sampling, where me and my lovely podcast cohort. Carrie Nelson talks about uh, random junk on Wikipedia and sometimes cryptids and stuff and superhero stuff. Mostly me talking about superhero stuff and her not understanding. But, you know, whatever. Um, You can support the show uh, via Patreon, where you can give a couple dollars and help me be able to afford my antidepressants and food. That wasn't a cry for help. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can also, hopefully, by the time this comes out, we'll have t-shirts uh, available where the wonderful Ryan Healy, who also did the artwork for this show, um, made uh, basically characters and uh, character-inspired letters where you can basically have a monogram t-shirt with a superhero on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's hard to describe. Whatever. Uh, do all the things the podcast tell you to do. Always. Like rating and subscribing. I hate saying that, so just do that. You should know that by now. Maybe. I'm not sure. This has been Alphabet Flight, and may country protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night.